How many of you know that, um, that we are in a warfare? But how many of you believe, like Paul said, we are fighting the good fight of faith? The reason it is a good fight is because the fight is fixed and we win. I said we win. Whenever you go to war, whenever you engage in any type of a contest, you need to know something about your adversary. You need to know something about your opponent. You know that even the sports teams, between games, they spend a lot of time watching films. And what they're doing when they're watching the films, they're watching their opponent. They're looking for weaknesses to be exploited. They're looking at their strengths, what they need to pay attention to. Now, I can tell you in three areas a little bit about our enemy today. I could talk to you about his origin. I could talk to you about his orbit. And then I could talk to you about his obituary. (laughs) Because, see, I, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes I think that we give... Too much credence to the enemy. I'm just saying that we have a real enemy. But he, he is not omnipotent. He is not omniscient. Come on, he is not all powerful like our God is. Now we know of his origin from Ezekiel 28. And I'm just gonna, let me just talk to you for a few minutes because this is not the message. I'm gonna be preaching today on prerequisites for spiritual warfare or prerequisites for walking in the victory that God desires you to walk in as his children. God does not want you to go around like some second-class citizen living a defeated life, depressed and discouraged, come on, all the time. Come on, it's it's... It's one thing to get discouraged because we know the enemy uses discouragement as a tool. But the time comes, you got to stand up and say enough is enough. Are you with me? So I, I want you to know something about your opponent. Some people, they say this, and, and let me just help you because one thing I don't want us to be is ignorant of Satan's devices. Write that scripture down, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. And it says, lest he hath advantage over us, we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, I, I know that you will, you, you'll know this phrase. But some people, they talk to the enemy and they tell the devil to go back to hell from whence he came. Now, I, that, that, that sounds good. <laughs> you know, I, we, we do want to resist him, renounce him, amen, evict him. I believe in all of those things. But the devil did not come from hell. In fact, Satan... He has different names. Lucifer was an anointed cherub. 
He was created by God, and he was one of the top-ranking angels, one of the archangels, if you please. He was the angel (coughs) that was created by God who was responsible for praise and worship. I mean, he didn't come and, like, orchestrate the band. When he showed up, he was the band. He was created with instruments in his creation. And, 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 and so we, we need to know something about this enemy. He was created. In fact, uh, the Bible does not even say he was the anointed cherub. Thou art the anointed cherub. And that is why he still has an anointing that he places on certain persons' lives. And that's why music is such a big industry. Because those people are oftentimes used by the devil to spread the devil's message throughout this earth. If there is anything that makes a person receptive to a message, it is often music. And, and, and now that's why uh, there are certain types of music that the enemy uses even to get into the minds of young people. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Now, listen to me. Music itself is not evil at all. You see, it's not the music. It is the lyrics, the words that people put into their songs. That spreads the message of the enemy. Now, I wasn't planning to go here at all. This is not in the message. But I was just thinking about letting you know something about who our enemy is. I want you to know his origin. I I would like to go straight to his obituary and let you know I've read the end of the book. Glory to God. And we win. But until we come to the end, his obituary is this. He has access even to come into the presence of God and often does to bring accusations against people. So he's going to and fro in the earth and one day actually God initiates this and said, hey, Satan, uh, where have you been? He said, I've been going up and down the earth. And we know from 1 Peter 5 and 8 that tells us we better be sober and awake and alert for Satan, our adversary, goes about doing what? He goes about seeking whom he may devour. I I want to help you that you be those that are assured you're not a candidate for his devouring. Because when I talk about the prerequisites today for spiritual warfare and for walking in victory, I'm going to show you how that you can stay covered and that you are not a person who is going to give place to the enemy. The Bible says, and neither give place to the devil. The fact is that many people... Today are giving place to the devil. Lord willing, we might show you some of the areas in which we give place to the devil. But we know that he is, according to 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, that he is, Satan is, the God of this world. And uh, that verse also tells us a little bit of his job description. Who blindeth the eyes of them that believe not, lest... 
the light of the gospel should shine unto them. So there are people today that are not saved, that they are bound by the devil. Their eyes have not yet been opened. Why? They have been blinded. Their reasoning. I mean, it has to be messed up by the devil. Because why would a person here for God so loved the world and gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life? Come on, it's like you're standing here in between. And it's either, you know, one day you could choose to burn in hell, which was not created for you, but for the devil and his angels. But anyone who chooses to go there, God will protect your right to go. I, I, I You know, some people say, I might as well go to hell. At least I'll be with, you know, I'll have a good time with people I know, you know. But you can... You can experience the presence of God continually. You could be where the glory of God is. And you could be in his presence and be with him forever and ever. Worshipping him, loving him, and enjoying him. So he said, I've set before you. And that's why he says, behold, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. So I know that I'm preaching to someone here today that you're in between. You're in betwixt. You've got to make a decision. This is why uh, the, the prophet said, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Come on, the, the time has got to come. You can't just stand in between. You've got to make a decision. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Now, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I, I've made a decision. I, I, I said, I've made a decision. I've crossed the line. Come on. I've made up my mind. Come on. I know what it's like to be on the other side. I understand the pleasures of sin for a season, and it's only for a season. Come on. And when that season is over, you know, there is a consequence. So this, So no matter... You know, all the terms you use, boy, that's sweet or that's good. I'm going to tell you, it's only temporal. The things that are seen are temporal. It's the things that are not seen that are eternal. But the things that are not seen are just as real as the things that you see with your natural eyes. That's why in the song, I have not seen natural eyes. Ear hath not heard, natural is, the things that God hath prepared for those that love him. Let me tell you something. God hath already prepared the things. Come on. He, he has some, he's prepared some things that he's just preparing you to get to so that you could receive them. So last week we gave you those six principles. Number one, and it is all from the story in Genesis 14 about Abraham and his house. He had in the house, he had nothing but servants, servants' hearts. That's who was in the house. Secondly, they were planted in the house. They were born in the house. They were together in the house. Thirdly, they were all trained. They were all trained. Every fourth, every one of them was armed and battle ready. Come on, they had their minds renewed. See, most of the battle is a made up mind. Most of the battle is just having your mind renewed to the word of God. 
Because once again, I'll repeat it, Satan's primary place of attack in your life and mine is in the mind. He's trying to get in your head. He, he knows who controls the mind will control the man or the woman. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And, and so we have to have a renewed mind. And then we found out that this 318 servants, they had unity. Wow, they fought together. No breaking ranks. They were together. They were in one place. That's why the Bible says, I, I love first, I, I love, uh, Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. What? What is it like? It's like the dew that came from the Mount Hermon and it flowed down. The oil flows from the head and down the beard. Come on. And then down the skirts. Where? Where there is, where there is unity. Come on, if we want to see the manifestation of the presence, the power, the glory of God, and the anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes, if we will set ourselves as one, come in agreement. Now, you can have unity and still have diversity. You can have unity and you can still have a multitude of different opinions. I mean, you know... uh, Opinions are like noses. Everyone has one of them, and they normally have a couple holes. You didn't like that. We all have opinions. And, 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 and so I found out that we are better together. No one of us is as smart as all of us. One of us can chase a thousand to flight. Two of us can chase... 10,000 to flight. They had unity. And then they knew that God would be their rear guard. That God would back them up. Come on. Abraham tied to Melchizedek and, and God backed him up. So, would you just bow your heads with me for a moment? I, I, I wish, um, my brother, I, I just love it when Sake is on the keyboard and, and, uh, it just helps me and, and there's something about having a minstrel and, and having, you know, someone on the, you don't know when it's going to trigger a prophetic word. That, I'm telling you, there's something, there's something powerful behind that. And, and someone might be here today and you need a word from God. I, I don't doubt that one bit. Someone is here today. You have come and you're desperate. And I tell you, you only need one word from God and that can turn your situation around today. Just one word from God. One rhema word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the rhema word. Just pray with me. Father, I want to thank you for this day. I thank you for this people. Come on, stretch forth your hands this way come in agreement with me. Lord, I thank you even for their prayers right now. Lord, these people, they are the sheep of your pasture. You have brought them here today to receive a word from you. I ask you to quicken my mind and my heart. Father, let me say everything that I am supposed to say today. I ask you to cover me with your precious blood. Hide me behind the cross. Let me speak today as an oracle of God. Oh, that I might say a word in season. 
Lord, to somebody here today who may be weary, Lord. Oh, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Father, let there be a word that will go forth not only for those in this place, but for those that will watch this program by television. Oh, God, let it spread throughout the nation today. Let it reach your people around the world through whatever means of technology that you want to use to get the word out. Father, we thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. I I just want to speak over your life today. I just speak. I just speak and declare that you have right now the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I declare even this day that the eyes of your understanding are opened. Come on, just say with me. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Say it again. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Hallelujah. Now say, I can receive the word of God. Say it again. I can receive the word of God. Say, I am not slow. But quick, I have the ability to understand what is going to be said today in Jesus' name. Satan is bound off of my mind, off of my spirit. My spirit man will receive the word of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. I want to tell you that I don't believe that Christian Life Church exists by accident. It was in the middle 80s. And I heard a word, and I've said it and I will continue to say it and repeat it. I heard a word, and that word that I heard, that there was a higher call than the call to preach. It was the call to pray. When I heard that there was a call to pray, I, I, I answered that call. And when I answered that call, Athena, something began to happen inside of my life. Come on. I, I, I said, I, I answered the call to pray. I heard something like this, that first or second night I was listening. And he, the speaker said, there is about to be birthed inside of you. You see, I just believe I've got that same mantle to say the same thing and to see the same thing happen right here today. I'm, a, I'm just going to go ahead and say, there's about to be birthed inside of the people in this room today a desire to pray. A desire to come into the presence of God. Right now, there's a prayer mantle that is coming on this house. Because I'm going to tell you, when we pray, something is going to happen. Very strategic and very powerful. But you have a desire. But after... The desire has been birthed in you. I realize that, you know what? It didn't just happen. Even though I had the desire to pray, I didn't just get up at 5.30 and start praying. No, I heard another word. I had to move from desire to discipline. My God, listen to me now. It's like, you know, you got a stick shift car and you start off in first. You cannot stay in first. But first gear is like 
desire. I have a desire. I want to pray. I want to be where you are, God. I want to come into your presence. But then I had to shift gears and I had to come out of first. I had to come out of the desire level and shift into discipline. So you have a desire. The proof of desire is in pursuit. The proof of desire is in pursuit. I have a desire. Young people say, I have a desire to play the keyboard like Zakay. Pursue it. You have a desire? The proof of desire is in pursuit. Go take piano lessons. Now, I know that God has given someone a supernatural gift to be able to play the keyboards. But if that gift doesn't come on you supernaturally, you can take lessons. Come on. People will sometimes look at the fruit of an individual. People would look at a LeBron James or a Kobe Bryant and say, man, I'd like to play like them. Yes? Well, will you be willing to spend the number of hours they spend conditioning their bodies and going to the gym and staying out in their backyard shooting free throws and shooting the ball? The proof of desire is in pursuit. So you're in first, that's desire. You shift into second, that is discipline. And I want to tell you from there, when you shift into third, it's like you're moving into holy delight. Come on, you you just start delighting yourself in the Lord. And the Bible says that He will give to you the desires of your heart. Come on. I said, you delight yourself in the Lord, and here comes the desires that He has birthed. But now they're starting to come to pass. They're starting to come to fruition. They're starting to become a reality. My Lord, I'm still in my introduction. God wants this church to be concerned about lost people. Lost people matter to God. I said lost people matter to God. Hurting people matter to God. We got to be concerned about the lost and the hurting. That's why we exist as a church. To bring them in. Bring them in to the kingdom. Bring them in to the family. He said he has set the solitary in, in families. And some of those solitary, lonely people are about to get connected to Christian Life Church. And I'm prophesying right there. I said they're about to come in and get connected where you can love them. And where you could be a family to them. And you could form a circle of love which would include them into the circle. Oh, I'm preaching good right now. We want to bring them in. That's why we exist. And then we want to build them up. Not just get them in. We want to build them up so that they move on to Christ-likeness. And they move on in spiritual maturity. And we take them and help them through the maturation process. I'm declaring... I'm declaring the vision and the mission right now. Are you hearing me? I want you to catch the vision. And after we bring them in and build them up, then we train them. We train them so that they too can be a part of reaching out. And then we send them forth. 
into their life mission. This ministry was birthed in prayer. God wants this to be a house of prayer for the nations. The devil doesn't want you and me to pray. I said the devil doesn't want you to pray. Haven't you noticed? He doesn't want you to read the Bible. Just think about it. It is a lot easier for you to get up in the morning and turn on CNN and listen to the commentators. And all they are is commentators. I have the same struggle you do. I know what it is to have Satan not want me to go into the place of prayer. That's why I, I, I try to be very deliberate. I move quickly. I don't wait till I have the right feeling. I get up and it's now habitually. And what you do habitually, you are becoming permanently. So I get up in the morning and I'm going to get praise on my lips. I'm going to start thanking God. I'm going to enter his gates with thanksgiving. I'm going into his courts with praise. And I'm going to praise him, thanking him for another day. Health and life and strength. See, you you, you got to be deliberate and you have to be intentional. And then I'm speaking the word. I'm starting to meditate his word from the early morning. I'm saying what God says about me. I'm pleading the blood of Jesus. Because you see, that's the way you get into the presence. Come on, having you enter by the blood of the Lamb. So you have to make that decision. That's a part of the discipline. Hallelujah. Someone say praise the Lord. I don't know if you realize this or not, but Satan is working overtime to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He's trying to establish demonic strongholds over regions. He's seeking, and and in areas he has been successful in establishing strongholds over territories. We need some mighty warriors People who would rise up and challenge these demonic strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations, reasonings that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. There are two two opposing kingdoms. There is the kingdom of God. And there is the kingdom of darkness. Over the kingdom of God is the king. It's Jesus. He's got to be Lord. Lord of your life. He's got to be master. But then over this kingdom of darkness, it is headed by Satan. He desires to destroy life. That's his, that's his purpose for existence. To destroy. He tries to destroy homes. See, I don't want you to be ignorant. He's trying to destroy your marriage. You don't even know why all of a sudden that that y'all are having all of these difficulties. It's not just your temperaments and it's not just your crazy personalities. You've got a devil who is trying to destroy your marriage and your home and your finances.
Listen to me, if you don't learn about your weapons and the authority that you have been given by God in Jesus, you will be deceived and destroyed. I was just reading this morning how in 2 Corinthians, I wrote down the verse, and it says how, how even Satan... And, and no marvel, here's what it says, I've got the verse, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, And no marvel for Satan himself, watch this, is transformed into an angel of light. I've heard people quote that scripture, and Satan is transformed, you know, like, like an angel of light. It says, no, he's transformed into an angel of light. That's why, if it were possible, the very elect will be deceived. So I've come here today to tell you that we will not be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he hath advantage over us. We will put on the whole armor of God that we can stand against the vials of the devil, that is his deliberate planning, his craftiness. The vials are his strategies. It's the deceits of the devil. We have to fight the good fight of faith. I am not afraid of the devil. But I want to tell you quickly, I'm not here standing in my own strength. I said, I'm not here standing on my own strength. Had it not been for Jesus, I would be lost. But thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. Thank God for the weapons. The name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over the enemy. I cancel his plans. I declare today that no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises in judgment, I shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Come on, in his righteousness of me. It's not my righteousness. It is the righteousness of Jesus. My account was bankrupt, but he, God, made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. I stand here today in his righteousness. I stand here today covered by his blood. I stand here today, I have put on the whole armor of God, and I'm going to keep putting it on. That I might stand. The Bible says, take heed. He that thinks he stands, lest he falls. I want to just tell you something right now. If you're not standing in Jesus, you are in trouble. Unbelievers are not, they don't have any guarantee of protection over their life. If you're an unbeliever today, this is a good day to get into the kingdom of God. I said, this is a good day to step over and say yes to Jesus. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says, the weapons of our warfare. Everybody just say, we are in a real war. Come on, just say it again. We are in a real war. Most people think because they can't see the enemy that he's not real. Once again, the fact is, the real world is the unseen world. 
And there is a real war for the life of this nation. And I've got to stand and preach it. I've got to stand and tell you that it is time for us to shake off that spirit of apathy and complacency. I know that I'm talking today, maybe not to people in this room, but for people watching my television, there are people who are just satisfied to go to church on Sunday morning and feel like they have done their religious deed. But I want to tell you, the closer we come to the end of time, I want to tell you, the greater the forces of hell will be intensified, the greater the forces of the devil will be unleashed against the people of God. And we've got to stand, and having done all to stand, come on, stand, therefore, keep one standing don't give up don't quit be strong in the lord and in the power of his might it's in the power of his might it's not your might it's not your strength satan knows he can't defeat god and that's why he comes after god's offspring and particularly those who bear the name of jesus 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Over in Ephesians chapter 6. See, when you, when you study like Ephesians you'll notice that chapter 1 will say something of who the church is then you go to chapter 2 and it talks about the church like as a temple and you go to chapter 4 and it's the church as a body and you go to chapter 5 and it's the church as a family but you go to chapter 6 the last chapter of Ephesians and the church is the army I said the church is the army I said the church is the army God's, God is going to have an army that will march through the land, come on I, I see I, I'm here trying to get the church now we've got to make a decision to rise up come on and make a decision that where we go as ambassadors of the kingdom we're going to start establishing some things we're going to start establishing some warheads we're going to start establishing and declaring some things over the land and over the nation we've got to cover our leaders pray for those in authority that's what I'm doing, praying for those in authority. I've been, I've been praying for those in authority over, you know, like 30 years, but like this. If they eventually don't line up with God's word and his agenda, I'm praying that God bring them down. Come on, I'm praying now for the new set of leaders. Because righteousness will prevail. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Righteousness exalts the nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. We've got to have righteous people come on in authority. When the righteous rule, the people will rejoice. So I, I'm not against any political party. Come on, I, I just want righteous leaders. So Ephesians 6 and 12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I don't have time to exegete that verse and to tell you that every one of those is a different Greek word, and there are rankings of demon spirits, and I want to tell you, Satan has some organized strategies as to what his target is and why he has stronger demons over territories. Uh, uh, you, uh, you know, some people, I, I hear people say, man, the devil was on my case all week. Uh, <laughs> It wasn't, that was in the devil. That's some little ranking demon irritating you. Come on. I, I don't even believe Satan is really, I don't believe he's in this area. He's got ranking demons, magistrates, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. Now they're getting pretty tough when you start, you start dealing with them. That's why you don't, you don't play with the devil. Even Moses did not bring a railing accusation. Nah, see, I'm giving you prerequisites for spiritual warfare. I've not even started on the prerequisites. I'm just laying a foundation so that you can know who we're dealing with, what we're dealing with. Because today's message is on prerequisites for spiritual warfare. You don't just jump into spiritual warfare and not meet the prerequisites that I've got to give you in the next 10 minutes before you leave. Next week I will probably be preaching on seven things the, that the devil cannot do. I'll be preaching a message on the blood of Jesus. I'm going to be preaching on five things you must know about the blood. Five things you must know to operate in the name of Jesus. There are some things you just got to know. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And then I'm going to be speaking about how to release your faith through the spoken word. Then I'm going to be preaching. This wouldn't be popular. But how I'm going to be talking about holiness and keeping your deliverance and then we could probably be talking about this whole concept of the power of perpetual praise my god how many of you going to stay with me for this series come on how many of you coming back to get some more of this I, I, I'm just setting the stage today is an introductory message and it's really about having the heart of a finisher come on in the heart of every one of us we anticipate being overcomers because you see you will either overcome you will either be an overcomer or you will be overcome in this hour you will either be walking in victory or you're going to be walking in defeat it might as well be victory. See, you're either going to be on one side or the other. And only those who are overcoming will be free to receive what God has for them. Come on, how many of you want to get to the end and hear him say, well done? My God, thou good and faithful servant. Our God is a finisher. I said our God is a finisher. He started with man in the Garden of Eden, and ever since that time, he has been busy about finishing what he has begun. Come on, you know, Adam committed high treason, gave up the authority that God gave him for this earth, and 
But yet, God said, I've got to get the second Adam here. Because when the second Adam shows up, he's going to recover all. Come on, the second Adam, come on, his name is, is Jesus. And for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. The word destroy in the Greek is the word luo. And I know y'all have heard this before. Y'all could preach this part better than me. The word luo means to lose. It means to overdo, outdo, come on, overdo everything the devil has already done. Can I tell you, God is getting ready to turn some things around. I feel faith rising here for somebody right now today that God's about to turn some things around in your life. He's about to turn some things around in your finances. He's about to turn some things around. Come on. I don't know the situations. I don't know the circumstances. But I just know that God will do it again. Whatever he has done, I said he'll do it again. Jesus came on the scene. He had a burning passion to finish what God gave him to do. He said, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and finish the work. Some of Jesus' last words when he was hanging on the cross, he said, it is finished. My God, not that he was finished. Oh my, uh -uh. what he came to do when he was about to give up the ghost, his work was finished. He came to die, to shed his blood. You will remember the Apostle Paul was prophesied over by Agabus. And the prophecy was, yes, you're going to go to Jerusalem, but you might have to be in chains. No doubt it's going to cost you something, Paul, to go to Jerusalem. And I hear Paul say in Acts 20 and verse 24, he says, None of these things move me, neither count my life dear unto myself, that I may finish my course with joy. Oh, I tell you, that's how I want to finish, brother Les. I said, that's how I want to finish. I said, I want to finish my course with joy. My God, I want to finish the work that God has called me to do here. I want to finish it with joy. Someone say, praise the Lord. Paul, in writing to his youngest son in the ministry, we hear him say these words in 2 Corinthians. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my cause. I've kept the faith. I finished my cause. I like that. I finished. Hallelujah. You see, death is not a big deal when you finish your course. Now, I know, I know sometimes we get caught up on numbers. But I tell you, I've known some people who finished their course at 20. I know some people who finished their course at 50. Old Roberts was over 90 years old. He actually told people, you know, when he would, he, he, he would, he would have liked to have gone when he was 87. That's what he said. I want to go to be with the Lord at 87. But God still was not quite through with all Roberts. Had to live to be 92. Brother Pinder is 91. He's here today. 
And I don't know anybody here that has a better mind than that 91-year-old back there. Businessman. But in March of 1960, Brother Penn, I know the date. I think it was March 1st of 1960. That man, before March of 1960, carried a bottle with him every day. Every day, carried a bottle with him. But today, he's carrying a Bible. Hallelujah. One day, got delivered and set free. Didn't have to go through no rehabilitation. He got down on his knees and he cried out to God. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him. Glory to God. He's been walking with the Lord ever since. Counted out March the 1st, 1960. That's 50 years. That's a half of a century. Glory to God. Y'all people are so good to preach to. But God is an awesome God. And I said, death is not a big deal when you know you've finished your course. We don't have to be afraid of death and dying. Paul said, you know, it's like this. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. For me to live is Christ. He's my purpose. That's why I'm living. For me to live is Christ. That's my reason. He is my reason. I I have to carry on the work that he began. For as the Father has sent me, Jay Sims, I'm sending you. And I'm just one. I'm an insignificant one. But I am one of the army that God has raised up to be here in 2010. I believe that I'm a part. Come on. I believe this is the Gunlap generation. You understand the Gunlap generation? The Gunlap is those in the relay team who's going to run the last leg. My God, we've been handed the baton. It's time to run with patience and with perseverance. The race that is set. Come on, we can't give up now, church. I said we can't give up now. We cannot quit. Come on. Some of you better shake off that spirit of apathy, that spirit of complacency that has come on you and to drag you down and to steal your joy. Some of you better stir up that joy. You better come on, prime that well. Come on. With joy should you draw from the wells of salvation. Prime the well with your praise. Prime that well with your sacrifice. Hallelujah. I feel like shouting right now. Glory to God. God is a finisher. Listen to me, Christian Life Church. We've got to finish our course. Come on, listen to me, prayer warriors. We've got to finish the course. Listen to me, dance team. we got to finish the course. Listen to me, small group leaders. we got to finish the course. Don't give up. Don't be weary in well-doing. I tell you what we're in right now. We're finding out who's real. That's where, that's where we are. We're finding out who's for real. Come on. I understand that there are people will come and want to be religious for some, But God's going to raise up an army of real, mighty warriors. Come on, we're going to find out who are those who will keep covenant. I said, who will be covenant keepers? Uh, come on, and, and we'll not just break ranks. Some people, you got to remember Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm standing before you today, and I'm saying, the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. 
will not prevail against the church. Jesus is going to come back to earth. Satan will be bound a thousand years. There'll be no tempter there. And we are going to rule and reign with Jesus. Come on. There's going to be a heaven, a new heaven, and there's going to be a new earth. Come on. And we will reign with him. Philippians 1.6 Being confident of this very thing that he that has begun a good work in you and you and you come on he's gonna finish it he's gonna complete it he that has begun a good work in you will bring it to pass until the day of Jesus Christ my God I've got I got another verse for somebody here Psalm 138 verse 8 I had to go get this verse just for you this morning and here is what that verse said it says the Lord will perfect that which concerneth you my God he will perfect the perfect is that he will complete it he will bring it to fruition he will bring it forth you are going to bring forth your fruit in your season someone is about to step into a new season come on a season of acceleration my God hallelujah step into your new season 1 Thessalonians 5.23 The very God of peace sanctify you holy. That's holy, not H-O-L-Y W-H-O-L-L-Y Holy, completely, entirely. That is that your spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved blameless. Everybody say blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Verse 24 says, it's very powerful, faithful. Everybody say faithful. Say it again, faithful. Then listen to the verse. Faithful is he who called you, who will perform it. I'm convinced today, if you would come to him, and if you would just say, God, I turn from my sins. Lord, I turn away today from my failures. I turn away from my shortcomings. My God. You see, when you see the father in the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son went off and did his own thing. He lived a rough life. He squandered his money. But one day he had came to the end of his rope. Felt he had nowhere else to turn. All of his friends, when he had money, they were hanging with him. But when he ran out of money, he ran out of friends. He attached himself to a farmer taking care of swine. And he was just about to eat the stuff the hogs were eating. And the Bible said that he remembered back home. And he came to himself. My God, he, he came to himself and he said, my father has servants back at his house that are getting better treatment than this. He said, I will arise. My God, this is the key point here. He's turning around. He said, I will arise and I will go back to my father and I will say, daddy, I, I, I'm not worthy to be called your son. 
But oh daddy, if you would just take me back, I would become as one of your hired servants. He was about to say it. His father ran to him, put his arms about him, kissed his son, interrupted his confession, and said, bring the, bring the robe, bring the ring, put shoes on his feet, kill the fatted calf. We're about to celebrate. We're about to have a party. My son, who was lost, is now found. He was dead, but here he is alive. Glory to God. If there happens to be a prodigal in this room, and God said, there there are prodigals here. And the prodigals is not just males. There are some female prodigals, and God's calling you. My God, I... I didn't get to the prerequisites, but God's calling somebody here. He's calling you today. He's saying it's your day. He's saying it's your time. Come on. Uh, You did not merely come into this room by accident or coincidence. God brought you here today. I don't know what is the word you needed to hear, but God by the Holy Spirit, come on, through my preparation, He has been speaking words, come on, that have not come from me. Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but the Father which is in heaven, because He's reaching out to somebody, because this is your time, and this is your season, to get it right with God, and to come home to Him. Jesus. Now, let me just tell you before you leave. I wish I could preach it, but I'm closing my book. Major prerequisite for warfare. If you look in 1 Peter 5, don't, don't, don't turn there. Let me just tell you. The first thing you need to know is that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And what you have to do to know that you will be successful in, in winning in warfare is you've got to bring your life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You've got to submit to Him. That's why James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But you can resist the devil until you're blue in the face. But if you're not submitted to God, he is not going anywhere. You could go around, I resist you, devil. I resist you, devil. But listen, if you're not, have your life submitted to God. If your life is not under the lordship of Jesus Christ, you do not have a right. You do not have any authority to resist the devil. You're wasting your time. I'm telling you this right now. The devil is a legal eagle. That simply means he knows his rights. And when you are not covered by the blood and you are not under the lordship of Jesus Christ, he has the right to come to you and to attack you. You're not protected. I hope someone is covering you if you're not saved today. But you know what? You have no guarantee unless your life is submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And then the second thing Peter would say in that passage is you've got to humble yourself. 
you got to humble yourself. Listen to me. The opposite of humility is pride. And pride goeth before a fall. Come on. Pride goeth before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. I don't know who you are today. But I want to tell you. If you've been in pride. You've got to get rid of your pride today. Come on. You've got to get rid of your pride. Come on. Let, let pride go out of the window. Release pride out of your life. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due season. He's going to raise you up. He's going to exalt you. So you've got to humble yourself. A few more things I'd like to say. But here's one more. I know this is for somebody. In that same context, he said, casting all of your cares on me, God said, because I care for you. And what that means is God is saying, listen, some of you say that you're my children. But you're going around here and you're worrying about everything. You're worrying about what you're going to eat. You're worrying about how you're going to pay this bill and that bill. He said, why are you worrying? He said, what about just consider the lilies of the field? They don't spin and they don't toil yet. Your heavenly father, come on, has taken care of them and raised them. What about the sparrow? They're only worth one of them is just worth a half of a farthing, like a half of a penny. And when one of them falls, your father knows about the, the sparrow. How much more? I said, how much more will he take care of you? Come on, you're his child. I said, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything. But pray about everything. And give God thanks for what he has already done for you. And if you do that, then he says, And the peace of God that passeth all understanding will cover your heart and your mind as you rest in Christ Jesus. My God, there is a rest for the people of God. Come on, some of you have been stressed. Come on, some of you have been anxious. I come against that spirit of heaviness. My God, I feel the power. I feel. I come against that spirit of heaviness. There is an anointing today on my life to come against heaviness, to come against anxiety, to come against stress. I come against fear. I renounce fear out of here. God has not given to you the spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. Jesus. Someone just say Jesus. Get your life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Come on, submit your life to him. Come on, even while I'm talking to you right now, come on, all over this building, you know what you need. Just, just come on, make a renewed commitment of your life. Come on, today is your day. Come on. I'm saying this is your day. Make sure you're covered. Another thing that you need is you need to be under the covering of a local church. I said you need to be under the covering of a local church. You need to be under spiritual authority. How can you have authority when you are not submitted to any authority? You submit 
someone who can rule and watch over your soul. And when they stand before God, they can have a good report. God, I want to thank you because when I passed it, Philip Butler, Lord, he, he was, uh, he was very willing to help and willing to go the extra mile. And when I watched over Leslie Knowles, he was there and he said, Pastor, whatever you need me for, you just let me know, Lord. It's a joy to tell you that he's been a faithful man in the house of God. Come on, I, I want to stand before God and have a good report over your life. seen people in these 22 years of pastoring this this end church I've seen people who've come and I've seen people get offended and I've seen them leave the covering of the house to get uncovered just because they got offended I wish I could take you to 2 Timothy 2, 24 and 25 and show you how the servant of the Lord must be meek and able to teach and even to teach those who oppose themselves lest Satan continue to hold them captive at his will. You ought to, you ought to write that down somewhere. 2 Timothy 2, 25 and 26. There are people who oppose themselves my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, all I want you to do today is I want you to think about what God has said and what God has spoken. I want you to think about it. You need to stay under the blood. You need to stay, you need to stay submitted to God. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. So that's a good thing to do. Say, Lord, I'm submitting to you afresh. I'm submitting my life. I want to be sure that I'm submitted, God, because I'm going to face the devil this week. And when I face him, I want with great authority to say, Satan, I know who I am. I'm a child of the king. My life is submitted to God. And now, Satan, I resist you in the name of Jesus I command you to get out of my life, off of my premises, out of my home, out of my marriage, off of my finances. Satan, you've got to go. In Jesus' name, stay submitted. I believe God has spoken to some people today. And it's your time. It's your season to go forward. Satan has held you back, but it's your time to go forward. Thank you, Lord Jesus.